because I knew the voice of God. And God said this, I want you to move back to Alabama. Say, we're originally from Alabama. I want you to move back to Alabama and start a church. And I almost said no. I mean, we had a good church. Things was going great. They were taking care of us as pastor, and church was growing, and we were seeing a lot of things. I had a Christian school in the church from uh, kindergarten all the way up through. We had a couple of seniors that year. And, uh, but I knew better than to say that because I learned one time a story about a man named Jonah. And when God deals with me about something and I'm tempted to say no, just somehow or another I get a vision of a whale laying out there. And no better. But I'm not going to go through all of that story just to just tell you this. In August of 86, we moved back to Alabama. Ended up in Faultville, last place in the world that I had ever felt like that I would ever live. I didn't even like the name of Faultville. But God put us in Faultville. And we grew to love it. And a year later, on the first Sunday in September of 1987, Victor Fellowship Church had its first service that day with 11 people, and four of those didn't come back. Well, they couldn't. Well, three of them could have, but they just, I reckon I run them off that first Sunday, and the other one was my aunt that lived at Rainsville, and so she wasn't able to come back. So it left seven. That was Loretta and Matt, our oldest son, Becky and Mark, and my mother and father drove over from Holly Pond every Sunday, and myself, we had seven people, basically, started the church. Of course, I think nowadays they don't, they don't say start a church, they plant a church. And I like that. We planted a church and look at the seed that God's brought about. We've seen a lot of things over the years, a lot of people, and we've been so blessed. And I think back about, I said, Lord, when we start this church, I make a vow to you the doors will never be closed. And it's been tough a time or two. My dad was retired, had a fixed income. Loretta and I were working. Pretty well had a fixed income, near close to nothing. But somehow or another, we managed to come up with the money for the turn the electricity on, turn the water on, and pay that first month $350 rent. God's been good to us. He's blessed. He's moved. He's worked in so many different ways. And I've just been honored to be able to be pastor of this church for that long. See, this is not David Carroll's church. It's not about me. If the Lord tarries one of these days, I'm going to go on and be with Jesus. These eyes are closed in death. And I'll be able to walk the golden streets. I'm looking forward to that time. I told somebody not long ago, I said, you know, I was listening as I was cutting grass, had my earphones on, and uh, I was listening, and the cathedral quartet sang that song, This Old House. I don't know, many of you probably never even heard This Old House. But if you've heard This Old House, that song began to mean a whole lot to me that day. (laughs) Because I realized that, you know, I'm still young, Good health. Doctor says whatever I've been doing, keep doing it. But the thing about it is, folks, I know that there's going to be a leaving time. If the Lord don't come in the rapture to get us, I'm going to be leaving here through the avenue of death. And either way, I'm ready to go. If it's today, I'm ready to go. But we're not done. You know, I could be off, I guess, preaching at other places. But the Lord told me, said, I want you to stay here and help. Do what you can. Support. Encourage. So I'm, I'm here. And I'm going to be here till I get on. I'm not done yet. And I want to be able to be like Paul. That before I leave here, the last words that I write would be, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. 
Therefore, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me at that day. And not to me only, but to all of those that love his appearing. I want to challenge you this morning as a church. Continue to support our pastor. Pray for it. Pray, pray that the power of God get on him and the Lord will fill him with so much fire it just burns him up. And another thing, there was a time in our church when people was not afraid of the altar area. We give invitation, people come for whatever, and people kneel all around the altar. People would pray. And folks, for the last few Sundays, we have heard the Word of God preached concerning love and how we're supposed to live. And all of us leave saying, boy, that was for me. But we just sit still and we're not willing to move and do what we need to. Hey, listen. If you feel the, the Spirit of God moving on you, you need to move. That's what Victory Fellowship's always been about. We've always wanted a church where people were free to, to feel, to do, to move, to be what they need to be before God so their relationship with God would be real with them like they desire it to be. It's always been a place of love. So many times I've had people to say, man, y'all's church got something a lot of churches don't have, and that's love and unity. And we've always strove to have those things, and we'll continue to strive to have those things. And I want to encourage you. Thank you. Thank you for the privilege of men, sister pastor, being able to serve this church for almost 35 years and to be a part of it even now. And we thank you for that. We thank God. We give him all the glory. We've seen people saved. I don't know. I, I, I think at one time I wished I had a, kept a log of all the people that got saved and people that got healed, that got blessed, that got filled with the Holy Spirit. But I'm just not into that kind of record keeping because it's not about me. It's about him. Every soul that's been saved has been added to the kingdom of God, not to David Carroll's kingdom. So God knows. He knows all about it. So I thank you again. I thank you. Sister Carol thanks you. Do you want, want to say anything, Sister Carol? No? Okay. <laughs> thank Mark and his family for the way they've been here and supported us all these years. Mark's always been here. Becky uh, has always been here till Tommy took her off to Florence. And, <laughs> and, I, and I look out and I see people that have been here for a long time. And I see people that hadn't been here for too long a time. I want you to know I thank God that you're here. It's a blessing to me. And I give God all the glory, all the honor and praise. I want to speak a little blessing over you. I used to do this, and I just feel like I want to leave you these words. I want to say to you, Lord, bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord calls his countenance to rise up on you and give you favor. I say favor instead of peace. And the reason I say that is this. God give you favor with God and with mankind. And that you walk in peace and love and harmony and unity. All the days of our life until we come together around the throne of God forever and forever. God bless you. Come ahead, Pastor. Thank you for those words this morning. It was good. One thing we didn't do a while ago, and you know, I guess we're going to be tradition, we need to receive our offering this morning, don't we? That's right. It ain't tradition. It's what Jesus and God has instructed us to do. But uh, we if uh, should have an envelope. Anybody that got a bulletin this morning should have an envelope. Um, if, you, if you're not from this church, we're not asking you to give your normal tithes to where you go to church here. By no means. But... Uh, but we want to be obedient to what God's told us to do and, and give as He's told us to give. As we pray this morning, we want to remember Roger Trembley. He's hoping to come home today. He called me yesterday, and uh, he is in the hospital. 
they um, um, found he had kidney stones that they, uh, they he was too big for him to pass, so they had to go in and get them on both sides, on both kidneys yesterday or yesterday morning early. So, um, so we want to remember him in prayer this morning. Um, but all right, well, let's pray. And ask God's blessings on this. Heavenly Father, we come again and we thank you again for this time. Thank you for the, for the, for the worship that's already come forth, the word that's already come forth this morning. God, that you just uh, continue to move in hearts and lives. And Father, we just thank you for it, God. That you just you touch Roger this morning where he's at. And hopefully he's getting out of that hospital right now and getting home. God, that you just touch and move and continue to heal his body. And we thank you for it right now in the name of Jesus. We ask you... To, uh, to be with me this morning as I bring the word that you've given me, Father, that I can be a vessel to speak, Father, what you, what you have put in my heart and in our spirit this morning, and God, that you were to go forth and not return void, and we thank you for it. God, we just ask that you uh, open up hearts and lives this morning to receive, and Father, that, that people's lives will be healed, hearts will be mended, whatever it is, God, that you touch and move. We ask you to bless this offering right now, God, as we bring it, God, that it's just a sweet smell and savor sight. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all come ahead. Man, God's faithful, isn't He? That's right. That's right. You know, I've heard over the past, every year that we have anniversary service, you know, I've heard the same stories Daddy talk about. And, you know, the the people, the times that we've had, and, and there's too many to mention for sure. But, you know, I can remember I was a little boy of eight years old when we started the church. So if that makes any of y'all feel old, then good. I'm glad. But, but yeah, I was eight, and I just turned eight that summer. And so I didn't know what we was going on. I didn't have a clue. I just knew, hey, God told Mom and Dad to come here. I, I, didn't, know if we, I didn't know we were struggling. I didn't know we didn't have anything, you know, money-wise, whatever. I didn't, I didn't care. You know, I was just running around. You know, I was out playing while they was doing whatever inside the building to get it ready. I was out back near the railroad tracks because... If, if you hadn't heard, if you didn't know, it was over there on the other side of Walker Williams Lumber Company. Everybody remembers the white building, block building with the orange awning on it. It was there where we first started. And, you know, you know, I had no clue what was happening. I had no clue that 35 years later I'd be here. Um, you know, thinking back and looking back, I was doing the math the other night and see how good my homeschool math was. Um, but so when we started, Daddy had to be 39, right? Mama 38. I'm 43. I couldn't imagine four years ago stepping out and, and moving my family off somewhere and say, got plant a church. You know, I wouldn't imagine that. You know, it took a lot of faith for them to do that took a lot of perseverance. It took a lot of knowing who they was in God. But never once did we hear the whole time, hey, we've made a mistake. You know, we, we should have done something different. They never said anything like that to us. We never knew. You know, I never knew. My brother may have because he's eight years older than us. He understood things more and knew what was going on. But they never once, you know, said, hey, we don't have the money to eat. You know, we, we don't have the money for hot water. You know, whatever it is. You know, we didn't have everything we wanted, but we had everything we needed. You know, I can, I can remember going to the store and wanting a 50-cent Hot Wheel car. And Mom was like, well, next week. Next week. And I'm, I told her one time, I was like, Mom, when's next week going to come? You tell me this all the time. But, you know, I, <laughs> you know, it didn't. I'm not scarred because I didn't get a Hot Wheel car when I wanted one. As kids are today, you know, now that we've got Tanner and he's four, it started out cute that we go and get him a, a toy at Walmart. And, and he was good with the little cars. And now it's, hey, 
and he sits in the buggy. He's good with sitting in the buggy to get the toy aisle. And yesterday we was over there, of course, and we was at the toy aisle at Walmart. And, you know, he'll ride for a minute and he'll say, go back down that way. And he'll want to look. And then he'll get down and want, and want all this stuff. And he gets bigger and bigger. It's something in the, in the past four years how big the things got that he wants. And it's all because, you know, we get him stuff all the time. But, and there's, you know, I enjoy doing it. It's what you're supposed to do with grandchildren, right? That's right. If you've got grandchildren, you know what I'm talking about. But in the few short months that I've been blessed to be pastor here, um, you know, there is still a bunch that I don't know. And situations that come up that I don't know how to handle. But there, there's, you know, I believe that I'm, I'm learning more and more. And I'm glad that Dad's still here to where I can, hey, what do I, what do I need to do? What would be the best thing to do here? And, and I've had to call him on a few occasions and ask him. But seeing his example over the past 35 years, I've learned how to handle situations, how to do things, and, and how, to, uh, how to say no, I guess, sometimes. I still haven't learned how to ask for help, and I got that from him. You want to do everything yourself. Um, Gabby told me Friday, we fed the band, and I apologize, I did not announce Wednesday to the church that we was going to feed the band Friday afternoon. Jeannie got on me this morning. And and so I, my, I had it all figured out in my head. I was going to get off work on time early and, and be there, and Dad was going to be there, and Gabby. And, you know, we'd have it handled. Well, of course, things didn't work out at work to where I got off when I wanted to. So I had to call Dad, hey, can you get pizza? Can you do this? And scramble around. And Gabby said, did you not ask for help? I was like, well, I did not think about it Wednesday night when I was supposed to. And so, you know, there's, there's things that I'm learning and, and will learn. But, you know, I'm, I don't have another church to compare this to. To where, you know, I've heard, I've heard Dad say for years that this was the best and easiest place that he's ever pastored. And it's just a, a, a testimony to y'all for being the people y'all are and as easy it is to pastor. But I can say, because I get asked this, I've asked numerous times since January, so how do you like pastoring? How's pastoring? How's that going? And I can honestly say to them, you know, I, it's easy. The, the transition was easy. And I said, it's not me. It's because of the congregation that we have. It's just so willing to do and so easy to minister to and so easy to receive. And so that's just a, uh, just, just a testimony to y'all. We don't have a church full of conflict, full of strife, full of division. We don't, we don't have that here. And I thank God for it all the time. Because when I pray for, for our services and you in the service, that God would move in each and every one of your lives. That you would let Him move. That the Holy Spirit would be just as welcome here as, anybody, as anywhere else. And I pray that for other churches in the area because we're all the body of Christ. We're not just, you know, keeping it right here at Victory Fellowship Church. While we're here and joined together and worshiping together, we need to let the Holy Spirit move. And it's just as he, as he talked about, you know, we need to be free. We want to be free and let the Spirit of God move and work in our life. And, and that can be as simple as you raising your hands during praise and worship or coming down to the altar to get ministered to. And people say, well, I can get ministered just as well at my seat. Well, you can. You can. Trust me. I believe God works there just as much as He does right here. But there's something, and we all know it because we've all experienced it. Nobody that's, that's been saved here that I know of, and there's been few, and people do it at churches, and I believe it works. But they'll just, you know, they, they all come here, right? Why? Because they want to show, hey, I'm accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm rededicating my life. Hey, I need healing. I need, I need to do what the Word of God says and call on the elders and you know, anoint with oil and lay hands on the sick that they shall recover. We need to do those things. And, and so, but those times will come. But they'll only come if we let the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit move and work in our life as He wants to. And, and, and not be worried about everything else. And I said this to somebody the other day, you know, other churches around. You know, they have praise and worship, and it's a lot different than ours. You know, to where they have the lights down in the, in the auditorium and everything on the stage, and, and people get ministered that way, I understand. There's nothing wrong with that. If that's, as long as they're doing it to glorify God, not glorify themselves. 
And, but there's nothing wrong with it. And, and it gives people, when the lights are down, people are more apt a lot of times to join into worship. Why? Because they don't feel other people looking at them. But if you've got your eyes closed and you're concentrating on God, it shouldn't matter who's around. It shouldn't matter who's looking. Because what we say all the time, this, praise and worship, is not about us. Because we're praising Jesus, our Lord and Savior. It's all about Him. And so we need to be open to let Him move and work in our life. But I just want to say how wonderful, again, how wonderful it is that I can be your pastor and that you are the people that you are and that you are so easy to talk to and and to minister to and just to be here. It's a joy. And there's not one regret that I have from being in this position, I promise. Not one at all. And I could take time and, you know, thank each and every one of you and go person by person for everything that you do and I would probably forget something. Because... That y'all do so much here and are willing to do and want to do and, and want to, you know, work in classes and, and paint and, you know, help out any way possible because you want to see the body of Christ grow. Not just Victory Fellowship, but the body of Christ, and that's what it's about. And, and so, but I couldn't do this. And I was telling Brother Mark this morning, that when I took this over, when, when Daddy started talking about it, and I said, I will not do it unless I know. And I cry. I, I, was, I was writing this stuff down, notes, this past week. And I was out on the front porch. And I was just typing away and thinking of stuff. And I, I was like, why are you tearing up now? You're not even talking. And... <laughs> And so, I've said this before, Gabby says I've cried more up here than I do in our 23 years of marriage. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but here I, I may do it because I'm talking about you. You know, I would not do this without her, my beautiful wife, for 23 years. saying that she was going to be beside me. And, you know, this wasn't easy for her. It was probably a lot harder for her to transition into being a pastor's wife than to me being a pastor. Because, you know, and she told me, and I've I've shared this before, and most of you are here, but she said, I don't feel good enough to be a pastor's wife. I said, I don't feel good enough to be a pastor. Most days we get up, we don't feel good enough to be a child of God sometimes, do we? Because we all the other junk that goes on in our head. But I believe she's doing a wonderful job as a pastor's wife. And I thank her for it. And, and everything happened, you know, for what they do here. I just thank them for be willing, being willing for as long as they have to, to sing up here on stage and to sing whenever they're asked to do whatever's asked of them. You know, Hallie's currently teaching children's church. Ariana's done it in the past. And, you know, we're not going to have, well, I say we're not going to have Ariana much longer. You know, she said this morning she's been going to Japan for four months now. And she hadn't left yet because our military, or, well, they don't get in a hurry unless they need to, I don't guess. You know, I love our military. I, I thank God for everyone that served, everyone that's serving now. I thank God for them and what they're doing. But, and and so just, just all that they I just thank them for it. And, you know, not because they feel like they have to, because they want to. And, and that's, that's what's great about it. And, and so I just want to thank them for, for being who they are and for doing what they do. So amen, amen. And all of you too, give yourself a hand. But one thing I know for sure, and that has never failed, is God's faithfulness, right? You know, I was thinking, we, you know, we've been... Ten, ten sermons, not ten weeks consecutively in the book of First John. And we're about to wrap that up and, and God will lead where we're going to go next. And so getting ready for a sermon each week, God, well, you're right here in First John. You need to study on it. And so this week's a little different. I knew that, that God was leading into, I wanted to, I felt like He was leading into a sermon of encouragement for His people, of encouragement for us that, that to just, Say how wonderful that you all are, but yet know how wonderful He is in your life. And, and so, 
God's been faithful through this whole 35 years. You know, we've, I've seen, and as I've got older, you know, and I've seen God be faithful through, through the ministry that He called Mom and Dad into. Seen it time and time again. Seen it in my own life, and, and mine and Gabby's life for sure. And just seen those times over and over. And, and you, know, you know, in Lamentations chapter 3, if you've got your Bible, you can turn. If not, it will be on the screen. And we all know Lamentations was Jeremiah. And in the first, if you read the first of this chapter, he was pretty much milly-mouthing and, and just, you know, oh, poor pitiful me, look, look at all this stuff that's going on in my life, look what's happened to me, and we get there, don't we? we? We think about all the things that's happened in our life and say, well, how can it get worse? Why is it things going this bad? Why is this happening in my life? But he come down in verse 21 of chapter 3, and he said, This I recall to my mind. He said, therefore, I have hope. We have hope in Jesus, don't we? We have hope in what He's done for us and know that, that what He's going to do, He's going to He'll continue to do for us. He said, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because His compassions fail, fail not. He doesn't fail us. We say it all the time. He'll never leave us or forsake us. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so He's not going to fail us. If, if He didn't fail you years ago when things were going on in your life and things were going wrong, then He's not going to fail you now. We know this, but yet we seem to lose track of that in ourselves because of our day-to-day -day life and the problems that we face day-to-day. -day. We lose sight of that, of what He said that He's going to do. What does it say? It says, They are new every morning. His mercies, His faithfulness, His grace, His, His love is new every morning. They do not change. It's like we wait. We see a, a dew every morning. We see that time and time again. It's God's mercies and grace are the same. We wake up. We see another sunrise. We see another day. We can live and worship Jesus and serve Him the, to the fullness that He's told us to do. And He goes on to say, Great is your faithfulness. So no matter what has happened before this, He said, Great is your faithfulness. So no matter what has happened in your life this morning, we can look at two people, and I'm not setting them on a pedestal, but at two people that were faithful in what God called them to do. And, and you can look in your life and draw strength to that because this is not somebody we're just reading about in the Bible and that was past. This is present right here and right now. We've all got people around us, and we know, hey, those, those people are faithful. I need to be faithful like them, not think, well, I can never do that. I can never be this way. You know, they're just, just normal people doing what God's called us to do and extraordinary things in our life. And, and that's what He's called all of us to do, is to do those things that He wants us to do because He is faithful. He is faithful. He's gonna, God's going to be faithful whether we're faithful or not. You realize that, don't you? And if we're not faithful, things are just going to pass us by and God's, God's wanting us to, hey, right here, come back right here where I told you to be at. Quit off over that way. Quit going backwards. Quit trying to stand still because we said a lot. If you stand still, you're moving backwards. If you're not moving forward with God, then you're not just standing still. You're not just, you're not just well, I'll, I'll, be, I'll, I'll do this one day. I'll ask forgiveness for this tomorrow. It's like starting a diet. I'm going to start a diet tomorrow. I say that about every day. I'm going to eat better tomorrow. I'm going to not drink Diet Dr. Peppers or Dr. Pepper Zeros. I like those. And then next day comes, just one won't hurt. Just one. So I'll drink one, then have another one. But it's, do that in our own spiritual life also. I'll do better tomorrow than I am today. I'll do this tomorrow because today I want to do this. I'll just have a little bit of this today. A little bit of this world covers up a lot of Jesus in our life, doesn't it? A little bit of living like the world is an example of the others around us that are watching us. Well, maybe they're not exactly who they said they was. But we can, we can live this because God's faithfulness is great. Great is His faithfulness. So, over these past 35 years when things looked hopeless, when times were hard, they didn't, there was times, and you heard Him talked about it, that through their natural eyes, they didn't hardly foresee where the next bill was going to come from to pay it, to know how to pay it. But they always believed in God because they believed that God was faithful to the end. 
And what He's called them to do, He will not leave them there just hanging in the middle of it. And it's no different than any of you in your life. If you're a child of God, God's called you all to do something. All of us. We call it the Great Commission, right? We know that that, if you you don't feel like God's called you to do anything, you can read that. And He says, go, baptize in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Ghost, spreading everything everywhere, right? So we know we're called to witness. Nothing else, you're called to witness. You're called to lead people to Christ. And He's warning His people, us, if you're a child of God this morning, you're part of His people, to do those things. And, and Paul, in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and verse 23, and this is out of the Amplified Bible, so it's going to read different if you've got King James, but it's up on the screen. It says, Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you through and through. Through and through. That's not leaving anything untouched by God. Any part of our life is untouched. Nothing. Because He wants to sanctify us through and through. That is, separate you from profane and vulgar things, make you pure and whole and undamaged. Undamaged. People, people talk about themselves and say, well, I'm just damaged goods. You know, because this happened in my life or this happened. And, you know, all this stuff. God does not see you as damaged at any point in any part of your life when you're a child of God. He does not see you as that. Because He's washed you whiter than snow. He, he's washed those things away like they said this morning. Sins forgiven, past, present, and future. Those things are forgiven and gone because we're in, under the blood of Jesus. So He wants to separate from profane and vulgar things. That's the thing to this world. There's all kind of profane and vulgar things that we see every day. Watch, listen to, and, and then we take part in if we don't watch it. But He wants to separate us from that. He says, consecrated to Him, set apart for His purpose. For His purpose. Not our own. No, no, we talked last week about Paul and that thorn in the flesh. Because Paul was getting to a point, I believe, and you, he can read it, you know, to where nothing bothered him. But, you know, he said, look, that's when Paul said, look, when I am weak, then he is strong. And I believe God was saying then, look, you get it. You can't do this without me. You cannot do any of this life without me and succeed as I want you to succeed. You can't do it. It's, it's, we've tried it too many times in our life. And just as Paul did. And, and he said, look, my grace is sufficient for you. Your strength is made perfect in weakness. His strength through us is made perfect through our weakness. He said, May your spirit and soul and body be kept complete and found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, faithful and absolutely trustworthy is He who is calling you. That's talking about God. He's calling you this morning. Not just me. He didn't call me just in January to be pastor. He's called each one of you to do something in the body of Christ. To do something, whatever it is. And He's called us because He set us apart, consecrated us to Himself. He said, Look, no, you're mine. And He said, I'm a jealous God. I want you all to me. I don't want you, any part of the world, though you've got to live in it, work in it, survive in it, whatever, every day. I don't want you to let the world have control of you. I want you to let me have control of you. And that's what He's calling us to. That's what He wants for us in our life and to be the body of Christ as we're supposed to be. And He said, He said, May your spirit and soul and body be kept complete and be found blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus, faithful and absolute, trustworthy, is He who is calling you to Himself for your salvation. And He will do it. He will do it. I've heard Dad say for years, if He's done it before, He'll do it again. But He didn't end that there. When you do what they did to get it. You look at somebody else that's blessed. You look at somebody else that's walking around prosperous. Not in this world. You know, in this world, yes, but in their life. Prosperous in their life. And believe God for healing and different things. How do they do it? You go talk to them. Go ask them. And everyone's going to say, because of my relationship with Jesus Christ, because of what He's done for me, I know that He has not let me down in the past. I know He's not going to let me down now. And I know He's not going to let me down in the future. So I can put all my hope and faith and trust in Him, not this world system, not mankind, but in God and God alone. And He said, I know He's going to do it because He's faithful. He will do it. He will fulfill His call by making you holy, guarding you, watching over you, and protecting you as His own. When God calls you His own, then then He's not going to take His hand off of us unless we decide to run away and go the opposite way of it, is it? He's there with us. He's there for us all the time. 
And He's wanting us to look to Him because He said, Look, I'm guarding you. I'm making you holy. I want you to be set apart than the world system, than everybody around you. I want you to look different. I want you to be this speck over here with all this flow going this way. I want you to go the other way. And He said, It's not going to be easy. He said, But I'm faithful enough that I've called you to a purpose. I'm going to lead you through that. And I'm going to be there with you every step of the way. He wants us to be different in the light in a dark and dying world. He's called us for His purpose in Romans 8.28. It says, And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. You know, that can be read out of context at times, at different things. And we look at bad things and, you know, you know people losing loved ones and different things. And, you know, somebody will say, you know, well, all things work together for the good. Well, they don't want to hear that right then, by no means. And that's not a good verse to try to read, in my opinion. You just walk up and say, we're loving, we love you and we're praying for you. Whatever you need, we're here. You know, and people try to get all spiritual at different times. But all things, if we're God's children, bad things are going to happen because we know we live in a world ruled by Satan. Right? In a fallen creation. So bad things are going to happen to Christians, children of God, even though He's got His hands on us. People are going to lose their life. People that's close to us are going to go away. Whatever it is, bad things are going to happen in our life. But they can all work together for the good. How? When we take situations and turn them and say, God, take this and use it so I can be a testimony to you. So I can be somebody that says, look, I went through this in my life and this happened, but God didn't leave me and I didn't leave Him. I want Him to make this my testimony so He can work out and show other people that God's still alive and still real. We don't have to be like the world, the rest of the world, when they have no hope. They have no, no, way, of, no way of looking but to the things of and temporary things that, that try to lead them through all this stuff, all these things in their life that they try to put in the place of where Jesus should be, whatever it is. It could be, it could be working more, it could be drinking, it could be drugs, whatever it is in their life. They try to put those things to where, you know, that just that gives me relief. Peels. It makes them forget about all their problems in their life, the more peels they can take. And more often they can take those things. It makes them forget about them just like alcohol and different things that, that people do to have temporary relief for a problem that only God can take care of. So, so his, his, all things for us, children of God, will work together for the good that are called according to His purpose. If you could raise your hand this morning and say, I'm a child of God, then you're called according to His purpose. Every one of us that's a child of God is called according to His purpose. We don't see or understand or know what's going on. But we know that God's in control. We know that we want Him controlling our life. So we can't see all the time, see God through it because we, we get things mixed up. You know, I can, I can put my hand in front of my face and some of y'all cover it up and this is how we do in our spiritual life. We put, we, put, we put disguises up and different things and blinders over our eyes and we can't fully see. Because we're seeing the problem instead of God. We try to look to God through the problem, and that's what we need to do, but we, we still concentrate on the problem instead of concentrating on Him that solved the problem for us. And that will solve it each and every time. So let's not look to those things that we can see with our natural eye, because I promise Victory Fellowship wouldn't be here today if we just looked at the things with our natural eye. If we just looked at it when it's hard... Then, then those two people would have just gave up years ago and would have never started. And, and then it wouldn't be carried on because he had no clue 35 years ago that one day, hey, my youngest son's going to be pastor of the church. I don't believe that he started that. Which I'm, and I'm not carrying on a family tradition, I promise. This is not Hank Williams, Jr. And we're not carrying on a family tradition. We're carrying on what God's put in place in our life. That's what we're doing. And, and so it's not got to do with anything. It's got to do with God. And that's how i got to look at it. And that's how I do look at it. But too many of us don't know what our purpose is. And the only way you're going to find out what your purpose is is to truly devote your life day in and day out, every moment, every day. And, and things get rough and hard and you don't know the answers to it. This, this road map right here. 
You know they're not writing any more books of the Bible? Y'all realize that, right? For hundreds of years. Thousands. This, this, is, this is it. So if he said these, these 66 books were good enough for you to live by then, they're good enough for you to live by now. God's still revealing Himself to the hearts and lives of people around, but they don't have a 67th book, do they, after Revelation? And, and I don't believe there ever will be. If people try to add to it, then they're adding to the Word, and it wasn't given by God, it was given by man. And, and so, you know, this is it. This is not a history lesson. This is not something we just read like kids do in school and then forget about or how we should be. This should be something that we want to read and know more than anything else in our life. I know football season's fixing to start, and, you know, I love college football. I love college basketball. And if I don't watch it, I can get so enthroned into that that I don't spend here like I need to. And I have before in my life. I mean, I, I remember, and Gabby can, that Alabama football back in the Shula days. I don't know if any Alabama football fans in here. And all the Mike days. We'll call them the Mike days. The Dubose, the Shula. All those were, Bama wasn't that good. And I would watch it on Saturdays, and it would ruin the rest of my day when they lost. It was just awful. And she, she would tell me, why do you got to get mad? It's just a game. I was like, I know it's, you know it's more than a game. Well, it's not. It's just a game. I had no money on the game. My life was not affected, you know, because Alabama lost or Auburn won or whatever, whoever team won that you, that you root for. But I can get still to a point in my life, if I don't watch it, that that will that overtake this. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to watch college football or basketball and the things in our life that, that we have here on this earth. But we can't let them get in the place of where we need to be in our relationship with God and how it affects every day. We can't do that. And so we've got to, we've got to work on that and know that. And I know there's things I've got to work on all the time. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 11, He said, this is a faithful saying. For if we died with Him, we shall also live with Him. If we endure, we shall also reign with Him. So if we endure this life, as children of God, endure. And, and being a child of God should not be an enduring thing, but we know we're going to have suffering. That's what we read last week, what did Paul say? If you're a child of God, if you're, if you, if you're a follower of Christ, you will suffer. He told Timothy that in this book right here. He told him, you will suffer. So we know that as a child of God, we will suffer in this world ruled by Satan. But so we got to endure and keep going. We shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. If we are faithless. So there's, there's parts in our lives and problems that go on that we seem, it seems hope is lost. You know, you know, people we've been praying for for years to receive salvation or something like that or a marriage that's, that split up and went away and, you know, we're still hoping and praying or a child that's not living like they should and, and you know, living in sin and, and doing all those things and it seems hopeless and we can lose faith in that area in our life. And we, we, we just, like, what's the point? What's the point? And we lose faith and we lose hope. And it's if we are faithless, right? If we are faithless. He, he remains faithful. Because He said, whatever you do in My name will not return void, right? And, and so when I keep praying for that lost child, that lost daughter-in-law, when I keep praying for them, I know that my prayers have been heard by God. I can't lose faith and hope in that because I'm, what am I doing? I'm not, doing, I'm not doing that prayer any justice or any good by praying that and then talking bad about the situation. And, and so he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. God cannot deny himself because what he said in the motion, what he said, he's going to do in our life when we let him do it, when we let him do those things. And so it's easy, though, to look on the outside and look at the things in our life that are going wrong. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul again. In verse 4 of chapter 1. Did I put that one up there? 
Did I not? Well, I'll just read it. Y'all can turn if you got Bibles. We get to we get dependent on this right here, right? I understand. I put these slides in every week, so I miss this one. But because I want people, people, I, you know, you should bring your Bible to church. You should. So people's got it on their phones, but different versions. So this is technology's great. He said, I thank my God always concerning for you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything in Him and all utterance and all knowledge, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus, or Jesus Christ. I was reading this as Paul was writing to these people in Corinthians. And this is my prayer for you, that you grow in the knowledge of Christ. And, and that, that you come short in no gift. Whatever it is in your life, whatever gift you know that God's placed on you, whatever it is that you don't come up short in that, the only way you're not, you're going, you're not going to come up short is if you truly give yourself to Christ as he, as he wants us to and get into this Word and find out what it says and study the Word of God. Eagerly awaiting the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ who will also confirm to you Confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blameless. God is faithful. God is faithful. Paul says that a lot. God is faithful. It's faithfulness. Because Paul knew, we talked about it last week, all the things that he went through in his life and his ministry. He knew that God was there and faithful to every time to bring him out. Every time he brought him out. Every one of them. And he says, By whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So he's faithful. He's faithful. He was faithful enough to save you out of your sin and, and to call you his own, redeem you, and say, now you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because you've accepted me as your Lord and Savior. You are that. I don't see you for your sin. I don't see you for your, what you, you know, used to do or what it used to be. I don't see you for that no more. He says, I see you as my bride dressed in white, waiting on me to come. And... He says, so while you're here, do what I've commanded you to do. Do those things. Because we're eager. We're eager for Jesus to come. We're eager for Him to show up in our life. But how many times are we eager to show up for Him? Hey, we showed up to church today. That's a start. That's good. You know, we've been showing up for 35 years now, but, you know, we look at things and that's just a, a little drop in the hat. Right? Jesus, God's been here. Since the beginning. It's just dropping a hat. You look at these other churches that have been around for hundreds of years. And that's great. But I also know churches that didn't make it three or four years or a year because they lost hope and a God that was faithful. They lost, they lost their sight on what God had called them to do in their life because they let other things come in, come in they, and hard times come in. They didn't know how to handle it. They didn't continue to look to God through each and every time in their life. So He wants us to be faithful just as He's faithful. He's not going to stop. He's not going to let us down. If you're struggling to be faithful this morning to what God's called you to do, there's hope because we serve a faithful God, right? There's still time for you to get on board and stop making excuses. Nobody ever makes excuses, do they? Nobody? I didn't think so. I'll raise my hand because I do. Good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. There's one other in here. Two unperfect people in a perfect church. It's great. Y'all awake this morning? Come on. Come on. You know, liberty in the, you know, having, having liberty in the Spirit of God and in a place like this, we don't have to sit quiet. You know, if you want to help me preach, you can. It don't hurt my feelings a bit. I've said for the whole time, I'm not up here for me. I'm up here for God and what He's called me to do. I don't want anybody to come, uh, you know, because of Mark Carroll. I do because they want to see what God's doing. But I, I don't. You're not following me. You're following Him. Because I'm just a man. And at some point, I'm going to let somebody down. Because that's the human, humanistic way. It's sad. And I wish I could say that I'll never let anybody down again. But I can't. Because there's flaws in my life just like everybody else's. But I'm going to do the best I can with what God's given me to do. And how He's given me to do it. And I just, I, you know, I'm striving to get better and be better every time I come up here to bring the Word of God to you to where you can receive what God has. And I can bring it out in a way that, that you can grab onto it. Because what comes out here, 
you know, what I think of in my mind and comes to my spirit and trying to bring it out a lot of times, you know, it can be people look like, what, what's he talking about? But, you know, I'm, it's just, just one of my prayers and one of my things that I'm trying to do. So we stop making excuses, but just because we have excuses doesn't stop God from loving us, does it? He still cares for us. He still loves us. He, have, he hasn't given up on us. You're still breathing. I used to tell this to people at nursing home. Went over there for 15 years. You know, and they're, most of them, or a lot of them, are not over there because they're in good health. They're in there because they have issues and have problems. But I would tell them all the time, there's nowhere in the Bible that there's an age limit that God stopped using. And say, when you get to an age and you're in a nursing home, I can't use you anymore. Tell them as long as they're breathing, as long as they, you know, be able to talk, be able to witness, you're still living for God and doing for God what what He wants us to do. And so we don't need to forget that. We don't need to give up on whatever's going on in our life because we have this problem or this is going on or, well, I'll start tomorrow. God's faithful now. He's faithful then. He's faithful now. He's going to be faithful tomorrow just as today. So, so don't leave today thinking, well, I've got tomorrow. I've got another day. Because I say this every week, today is today of salvation. Today is the day to where we make our lives right with God. If we, if we wait another day, then something's going to come up tomorrow. Something's going to come up the next day. Something's going to come up the next day. And then if we don't watch it, and I'm not, I say this, I'm not scaring anybody. We don't know what tomorrow brings. We're not promised our next breath. We're not, we don't know when Jesus is coming back. But we do know that we need to be ready for when that time comes. And we do need to be working as He's told us to for His kingdom to advance His kingdom. And that's what it's all about. See, I'll stand this morning. So I'll say this. If you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today's the day. Today's the day to where we look to Him. And, and you change your life. You make that definite, definite proclamation to the world, to the devil, and let him know that you're tired of these other things in your life and you want Jesus to be number one. That's where He needs to be. If you've been saved and, you, and you've walked away and you're not in right relationship with Him, He's still a faithful God. He still saves. He still delivers. He still heals. He still sets free. Just as He did back then, He still doing. So, so if that's you this morning, we want to pray with you. We want to believe God and, and lead you in a prayer to where you can ask Jesus in your life as you need to be this morning. If you need prayer for anything, healing, whatever it is, then come on and let's pray this morning as music plays.